Welcome back to another episode of Ravens Recap. Today we're going to be talking about players who need to have a big impact for the Ravens to go further this year. Um, basically, we're going to try to center this conversation around, you know, maybe not the the first and second year players because we know that they're already stars, like guys in, in Dobbins and Matabuke. We don't need to talk about them. Everybody's talking about them. They're going to have a great year this year because they were, uh, you know, they have so much potential. But we want to talk about some of the guys who, you know, you know, maybe on their first contract, maybe on their second contract, but really for the Ravens to, you know not have as many weaknesses as they had last year we need these some of these guys to take a a big next step yeah and i think we should just start off the conversation with uh the two positions that peter brought up bradley bozeman moving over to center we all know the center woes that we had last year and then the void that he creates and the left guard competition i think that's a really good point of i think we'll likely see a Bozeman breakout I mean he already has been playing really well but I think he could be an excellent center in this league maybe even you know pro bowl consideration and I think it's such a strong competition at left guard that whoever wins this battle most likely will have a great year and quote-unquote breakout yeah I mean definitely agree I mean if we're looking at Bozeman moving to center I mean as a lot of Ravens fans know that is the position he played in college and he's been very successful in the NFL right now as uh, a left guard. Um, And I think we can expect to see him play even better at his natural position, um, which will be huge for the Ravens since center has been a position of instability since Ryan Jensen uh, moved on from the team in 2017 after he got the big payday from Tampa Bay. Looking at what happened with Ryan Jensen when he moved from guard to center in 2017 is really interesting because uh, he was a guy who had some flashes with the Ravens. Um, I would say that Bozeman's first three years in the NFL were better than what Jensen uh, did. Certainly Bozeman started way more games um, and had a bigger impact on, on better uh, rushing attacks. But Jensen flourished um, in 2017 in the contract year when the Ravens moved him to center and was huge that year for them. And, you know, if you look at what Jensen was able to do moving there, I think it's it's something to get excited about of the possibilities of what we can expect from uh, from Bozeman this year with the position change. Yeah, the only other thought I have on this is, you know, um, I think initially I, I thought, you know, what about Kevin Zeitler, you know, or, or even Alejandro Villanueva? Um, what about those guys? Because, you know, they're obviously going to be coming in for the first time uh, playing for the Ravens. So it, it would be good for, for one or both of them to have a big impact just because there are so many different holes and, and, and people that have, you know, not played here uh, this past year. But I do think it's probably important for, you know, one of these younger guys to step up if we're talking about the overall impact for the team. Because, you know, even if Let's say, you know, Villanueva and, and Zeitler, let's let's say that they're not like, you know, they, they're playing at the same level that they have in their careers, right? Even if they get that, I, you know, that's a good uh, thing to have. But if we're talking getting the Ravens over the hump from going from like a good line to a great line to like an excellent line, right? Um, then we need all, all the players to be playing at a very high level. And, you know, given some of these guys that we've had, I mean, Ben Powers, Tyree Phillips, some of these guys already have game experience. They've shown flashes. Ben Cleveland, I know a lot of people are excited about. So, it, you know, it would be really crucial, I think, for you know one of these three guys to really have take that next step because I think it was just, you know, it would mean the whole group is very good. Um, especially with a position group that's been, 
you know, kind of in flux over the years. There have been a lot of guys that play on, on the Ravens line in, in all these different spots. Yeah, the offensive line is really intriguing this year. If uh, Assuming Stanley comes in healthy um, and Villanueva still has a lot left in the tank, you're really looking at left guard as the only position of inexperience and possible weakness. But we've got three players here uh, in Ben Cleveland, Ben Powers, and Tyree Phillips, all of which bring uh, some intriguing skills to the table. And like we were saying, it's going to be a very intriguing battle to watch in the preseason. And whichever guy does win that competition, uh, they're going to have one of the best left tackles in the league at their left side. And then Bozeman, who's been a very consistent uh, veteran uh, so far in his, in his early career, very consistent player, uh, on their right side. So even as they'll be going, they'll be going through growing pains. Cause uh, you know, even, even powers, who's the oldest, of that guy's only his going to be his third year in the league. You know, I, th- I think that that's really going to help them be able to, to grow into their role, to have that experience flanking them on both sides. Who do we think right now has the, the leg up on this position battle? I know it's a little early, but do we feel comfortable throwing out a name? I think it's going to be Cleveland. Harbaugh loves the guy too much. I mean, I, it's going to be Cleveland. I think if Ben Powers wins it, I think he's the only other person, in my opinion, by the way. I think if Ben Powers wins it, he's going to be the greatest like left guard we've ever seen. Because it's going to, you know, I think Harbaugh sometimes has take lock. And he'll want his guy to be there. And I'm pretty sure his guy's Cleveland. Yeah, the Ravens are, have not been afraid in the past to start uh, rookie offensive linemen, uh, even as, as early as week one, the Ravens drafted Cleveland with, with a eye for getting this guy on the line. Uh, he's a massive, he's huge athlete. I think that there is a scenario where powers wins, but I think power, like Alex saying powers is going to have to, to have the camp of his life to convince the Ravens to, to slow the roll on Cleveland. Right. Yeah. Considering his history too. I mean, powers has been a guy who's, you know, really has not had very good camps and, you know, he sort of started the year on the bench and then eventually is getting playing time. So history is not on his side for sure. That being said, I do think that Powers uh, slots in as an excellent rotational guy and, and probably one of the better backup guards in the league. I mean, to have a guy like Ben Powers as, you know, your number six lineman, uh, interior lineman, uh, I think that's that's huge for the Ravens. And I think that he's he'll still get snaps and he'll still have an impact, but... Uh, probably not as a starter. So I have to admit, Peter put him on the list, and I was like, oh, that's a good pick. And I've really warmed up on everything. I think the addition of Rashad Bateman really warmed me up to the fact that Sammy Watkins on this team could be very interesting. And now that I don't think he needs to be a total savior, so to speak, that the role he can play could be very significant. And if he does have a good year for the Ravens, I think it'll open up a lot of things for both Hollywood Brown and you know the mix of other players, including Bateman, that will be playing wide receiver. So Sammy Watkins' veteran leadership is going to be huge because we don't have it anymore. Everyone's super duper young in the wide receiver room. Whatever impact Watkins brings on the field, I think just the, like you're saying, just for him to be around this group of, of young wide receivers is going to be huge, um, especially for a, guys like Bateman and, you know, Marquise Brown, 
his rookie year, who was the vet guy in the room for him? I mean, Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed. You know, uh, Roberts, eh, Sneed was reliable for the Ravens, but, you know, he's not a guy who's really had a huge amount of success in this league. Watkins' career has been up and down. Uh, we've spoke ad nauseum over how we would have liked the Ravens to have gotten someone who's had a little bit of more consistent track record than him. But yeah, I think <laughs> the thing with Watkins, I, th- I think, you know, I-, I think a lot of the fan base is actually warming up to the guy. And of course, the the training camp reports are coming out and, and uh, bringing out their, their big praises for him, which, you know, that always happens at this time of the year because everyone's in shorts and everyone looks amazing. But, you know, Watkins doesn't have to be the number one guy here. He doesn't even need to be the number two. He just needs to be able to to do his role, be the underneath guy, open things up for Brown and Bateman, uh, take double coverage. And I mean, sometimes what we talked about it was triple coverage away from Andrews and, you know, get the occasional red zone look. I think that that's, you know, if the guy has like a 45 catch season, 600 yards, five touchdowns, I'd, I'd say that's probably mean that the Ravens passing attack got off good. And you're going to look at the numbers of, of those other three guys and they're probably all going to be better. And it's going to be as a result of what Watkins opened up for them. Yeah, just critical that he's a respected threat. I mean, we felt it last year. It was basically like, is it going to Hollywood? Is it going to Andrews? And that's basically it, right? Like, not that the other players didn't get the ball. I think every once in a while you could say Sneed, uh, PM dependable. But most of the targets, or at least the first looks, went to those guys. And uh, I think between him and Bateman, we'll have at least, you know, two more options there, which is uh, double, right? It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what you guys are saying. Definitely, I think you know Watkins. Watkins is going to have an impact on this team. Period. Um, you know, there's no question about it. I, I think I do think it's interesting though. Kind of when I was thinking about the wide receiver position, I was kind of I was actually leaning a little bit more toward uh, Hollywood Brown in terms of like the measurable impact. I guess you know because one of the things I look at is you know the offense last year. If there were games that he wasn't really doing much, probably not much of a passing game. Um, you know, because of what you guys said, like there are only so many weapons on this team, but you had some of those games near the end of the season where, you know, even if the run game was going okay, but the Ravens had to open up more of a passing attack, they had to lean on Hollywood Brown. Uh, He had some amazing games at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. Um, It's just, you know, lights out, very, very good player. You know, I I think for me, you know, I I think if, if he really could take that extra step up, you know, he's he's got all these benefits now of, of having guys like Watkins and having guys like Bateman, you know, all these pieces around him to not put as much on his plate. But, you know, then again, like that kind of opens him up to be like, okay, now you have all this help. Like, we really need you to take this next step and, and put more onto your plate and make the more catches, you know, you know, get more touchdowns, things like that. Um, you know, so for me, like if the Ravens really want to you know, put an emphasis on this passing attack to try and take some, you know, bring some balance back to the offense. I, I think it has to start with him, especially if he wants to stick around long term, because I mean, he's on year three. So, you know, we, we need to know Hollywood, like, are you going to be the, you know, Ravens receiver of the future? And if so, you got to show it starting this year and have a big impact on this team. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And yeah, really, if, uh, 
if Watkins does his job, then there's really no excuses for Brown because that's going to open things up for him. Um, and hopefully what we see is uh, what we saw uh, happen in Kansas City. You know, Watkins underneath opens things up for the wide receiver one and the tight end. Another player I looked at who I thought was, you know, one of the quintessential guys for, uh, you know, this prompt here, uh, Deshaun Elliott. So he's going on on the fourth year of his contract. His first two years in the league didn't really play at all. got hurt both years. But his third year, you know, was handed the starting role after Earl Thomas was uh, booted out of the Ravens. Um, and now he's coming into year four. This was last year of his deal. I, I think he's one of the, you know, perfect candidates here. Um, you know, he was a good player last year. You know, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. Like he did, he was what he was supposed to. He wasn't flashy in some aspects, but you know, he didn't necessarily do a bad job either. I think that you know he he definitely was one of the weak spots in the Ravens secondary last year. But I think if he can elevate his game, especially in this contract year, I, I think it, it could be absolutely huge. I mean, that fills basically the the last void in the Ravens secondary. You know, I think the Ravens are missing a playmaker on the back end. I think Deshaun could be that guy. If he can just improve his range just a little bit, I think that will really, you know, bring the secondary back to their 2019 level and, you know, possibly even better than that. Yeah, Elliott's a really intriguing player. I mean, he had a lot of flashes last year, and then there were also times where he had mental lapses. Um, I think one of them that that comes uh, to mind is the play against Philadelphia where he uh, over-pursued and uh, Miles Sanders had a, a huge run that... Um, almost went for a touchdown or maybe went for a touchdown. I can't recall exactly. Um, but there were some mistakes like that, that he would have at times during the season. Um, you know, it's understandable his first year as, as a starter, but that's something that is going to need to be cleaned up. Uh, you know, it's a young safety tandem back there with Elliot and Clark, but they're getting older. So, you know, they're going to have to patch up and, and work on those mistakes. But yeah, I I think you hit on the nail on the head though with with Elliot and Clark too. Despite the fact that we're focusing on on the former right now, yeah, it really just comes down to and these guys expand the range that they're able to cover on the field, and if they're able to, like you said, that's going to fix the biggest weakness that the secondary has. I don't have too much to add for um, the Deshaun Elliott conversation, but I do want to bring up Tavon Young who. While I don't think he needs to have a huge impact for the Ravens to succeed this year, because I'm pretty high on Sean Wade, I think he will have a big impact. I think he'll have a good comeback season, and uh, we'll remember what it's like to have a, a true slot corner and uh, in you know ever more um, passing league. This is a very very important corner that uh, kind of similar to Elliott. You know if he feels. Um, if he steps up and kind of fills in that hole even better than he did last year, and then Tavon Young is there, that's a very solid secondary that um, these passing attacks in the AFC North, which are a lot, um, will have trouble with. Yeah, Tavon Young's career has been... I mean, it's just, it's just got to be maddening for the guy to have all the injuries that he's had. Um, and... Very few players I can think of have, have had that many injuries and still have the the team, the original team that drafted them, give him you know more chances. And the reason for that is because he's been very very good when he has been on the field. Um, yeah, him being healthy 
it is going to incredibly help the depth of the secondary and be able to make the job easier for the linebacking corp, which we're going to get to as well. Um, so I, I really don't know what we can expect from young. I mean, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. It's I, as someone without, with limited knowledge of that, I have concerns over how much, you know, the Ravens fans can really depend on this guy to stay on the field, uh, which is unfair to him, but just so many injuries, like the Ravens are going to, it's going to be great if he can get on the field and it's going to be like you're saying huge for the secondary, but uh, something the Ravens are going to have to definitely have a plan B. I'm sure they do. um, If he's, if he's not 100% or, you know, God forbid he does get injured again. Yeah, for sure. It would be great to have uh, 2018 Tavon Young back, for sure. Um, he was a big part of that defense. I remember that uh, the uh, fumble recovery that he had uh, in that game against the Chargers, um, where you know I think that was probably one, one of the big primetime games uh, that Lamar had, had played prior to that point. And uh, yeah, he, he was just you know a, a monster that season. You know, if there's any silver lining I kind of look for is that even in 2018, he was coming off an ACL tear from the previous year. Now, obviously, like this is the second time it's happened. So, you know, we'll just have to see. But um, certainly, you know, he can have he can have a big impact in this play. And the other thing to remember, too, is that we don't know right now how comfortable the Ravens are putting, you know, Stevens and, and Wade and some of these other guys directly into that slot corner position. So, you know, if Young is there, then at least now Peters and Marlowe and Jimmy, all of those guys can play outside. We don't have to worry about trying to push Marlowe inside again. So, I mean, you know, that just gets everybody in the positions that they're there for. It just, it helps with the depth. You know, it'll, it'll help elevate the whole secondary. Yeah, it just stinks that his ACL is the same darn one. That's uh, <laughs> kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it it really does suck, but yeah, you just you just hope you just hope that you know something good comes out of it. Tavon's like almost kind of reminds me at this point of like like Pitta too, man. It was just like at the end when Pitta kept having those uh, injuries, he just he kept trying to come back, and you like you felt for him, and like you you know wish that he could make it back, but every time you saw him out there, you're just like, dude, retire, please, <laughs> like do you know it's just, it's just not worth it. So hoping that Young has a little bit of a better. Uh, better ending to his career than, than Pitta does. Hopefully he can end it on his own terms. Oof. Yeah, I was uh, just about to bring up the same point. I, I didn't, <laughs> it's not good to think about the Pitta comparisons with Young, but uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully he has a longer career. We'll have to, just have to see what happens. So after looking at the secondary, I think the next logical position group would be to look at the linebacking core. This is a probably the position group that has the biggest question marks. We had uh, Matthew Judon and I guess technically Yannick Ngakwe leave as well, even though he was only here for half a season. Um, Judon, obviously much longer. That is leaving uh, a hole to fill, debatable on how big of a hole, but a hole nonetheless in the pass rush department. And you look at guys who could possibly step up there. Uh, you've got Malik Harris and Patrick Queen. Both rookies last year, both had up and down seasons, and uh, Tyus Bowser was re-signed. He had a much more all-around role, um, more of a coverage linebacker than pass rusher. But with the exit of Judon, I mean, I know that uh, Judon probably unfairly was never really looked at as one of the one of the great linebackers in Ravens history, but he still had a huge role on this defense. So 
yeah, one of these guys, if not more than one, is going to have to step up and and fill that hole that is left by uh, the linebacker who is now with the Patriots. Yeah, I think this hole is a multifaceted one to fill, right? I think you kind of got to it with the talk of both um, Lisa Harrison, Patrick Queen. Um, I mean, you have Adafi Owe, obviously, uh, to fill in. Um, Tyus Bowser coming back, but maybe having a bigger role. I think multiple players are going to be kind of contributing to this overall linebacker core rebuild that's kind of going on over the last two years with LJ Fort on a one-year deal who, you know, got cut and resigned on this one-year deal. Uh, the importance of Malik Harrison or Patrick Queen stepping up is paramount because I don't foresee us doing that again with Ford. I mean, maybe we will uh, <laughs> resign him again, but I feel like this is probably his last year in Baltimore, and the expectation is to turn the keys over to these two guys. I mean, it kind of has to be, right? Because, I mean, Ford's not getting any younger. Uh, he was signed as a as a Band-Aid replacement when the Kenny Young experiment uh, didn't work out, and, you know, you drafted these guys for a reason. Queen, in particular, is a first-round pick, so, yeah, I mean if one or both of them doesn't step up this year, then I think the Ravens are going to have to go back to the draft again to, to light a fire under them. With that said, I think both uh, made a lot of good strides in their rookie year, Queen in particular, um, to give the Ravens uh, some hope that these guys can be the linebacking duo of the future. It's just going to come down to consistency, uh, Queen getting stronger in particular, and then just increased football IQ from both those guys. Yeah, I think out of the whole group, uh, Queen is the one for me that, you know, if he takes the biggest step, I think that is definitely the largest impact. It's it's good to have a guy like Bowser back. Um, but then again, he's, you know, he's been that rotational piece. I know he got that second contract and, you know, the Ravens are probably looking for him to still grow a little bit more. But, you know, to be honest, it's hard to envision him having a jump where, you know, he goes from last year and then suddenly has like, you know, 12 sacks or something, right? Um, it just... It doesn't seem super likely to me, but yeah. And then, you know, you look at some of these younger guys too. I just, I, I don't, I don't feel it's, it's like fair to put all this impact on some of these rookie players like Odafe Owe and, and Dalen Hayes. I mean, they're, I, I fully expect them to, you know, have a little bit of an impact this year. And then, you know, probably, you know, they are developmental guys, right? But if, you know, if Queen can take a huge step from last year and add, you know, add more strength and, and run defense and be able to cover these pass concepts on the back end, um, we already know that we have a pretty strong blitzer in Queen. So he already can contribute to the pass rush. And so now if you make him more well-rounded, then all of a sudden, you know, he could start to do more things, start to be in more packages. If he makes that step, he could be a player that uh, compensates for a lot of the other players around him. I think you bring up a really good point, Chris, in that... Queen's development is almost more beneficial to the flexibility he provides than, you know, necessarily his improved play, if that makes sense. Because similar, I think Tyus Bowser, um, his biggest impact is the fact that he can drop into coverage pretty well. And you don't know if he's going to do that or if he's going to come after the passer. And he's just one of those players that can basically play in any package on any down and be a contributing factor. Uh, we just want that out of uh, Queen to be a true, like, you know, three down unicorn uh, linebacker would be awesome. I think there's a lot of reason to think, similar to the Dobbins and Matabuke, but not quite as like high. He's like a tier two, in my opinion, that the breakout's uh, eminent for him, not just from the flashes we saw last year, but the fact that 
He seems to have the right mentality going into this year. He knows the things he needs to improve on. He's aware. He's very self-aware that he didn't play amazing last year in some uh, aspects of his game. So uh, there's lots of reasons to believe that he'll have a great year going forward. Completely agree with that. Um, And I think, you know, before we move on from the linebackers, we've been bringing Bowser's name in this conversation as well. I don't know if Bowser's going to be be able to make that much bigger of a leap than what he already has. He might be the player that he is right now, which is still fine. Like, like you're saying, he's, you know, proved to be a, a guy who can drop back into pat coverage and rush the passer. You know, maybe he doesn't do either of those things at a, a level that's going to get him to a pro bowl. But a, a name that actually flew through my mind this morning while I was thinking about, you know, what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, Bart Scott, actually uh, of all people. And I was thinking about, I look back at Bart Scott's career and like Bowser, his first three years in the league um, showed some flashes, but um, was a guy who, you know, there were several games you didn't hear from him and then he would make a splash play every now and again, which I think is a good way to describe Bowser's first three years in the league. Um, Bowser has just had a little more, he's had a little more um, expectation and eyes on him than, than Scott did considering Scott was a undrafted player and Bowser was the second round pick. Um, and then year five was when Bow- uh, Scott came out and had his breakout year on an absolutely you know monster 2006 uh, Ravens defense. Uh, he had 103 combined tackles, nine and a half sacks. Now Bowser and Scott, you know, both being linebackers, are still both different players, right? They both have a different playing style, but you know, seeing what what Scott was able to really come into himself in year five, um, you know, maybe. Bowser could be a guy who we see the same thing happen, but we'll, we'll just have to see. That that was just a thought that came through my head and just got, kind of saw a little bit of parallels early in those two guys' careers. Yeah, it's a good point about Scott, Peter. I didn't, I didn't think about that at first. I think the, the last player we have on our list, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans probably wouldn't think of this, you know, to begin with, but uh, Nick Moore, new long snapper for the team. I tell you what, guys, if he does not have a good year this year, we're going to know about it in a very bad way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, fun fact, actually, for uh, you know, for the for the podcasters of the show, uh, apparently Nick Moore is our age, uh, which is really strange because he was just undrafted last year. But he's actually uh, looks like he played in the, the minor league baseball for a few years, then went back to football. And but he was actually born in '92, so I don't know if that makes me feel old or, or young. I'm, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But uh, <laughs> just say young. We need to feel young some days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. But uh, but yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those position groups, man. It's always going to be overlooked. But um, he's got some shoes to fill with, you know, Morgan Cox, the first All Pro long snapper in, in NFL history. Certainly, if if he has a bad season, we're going to see those bad snaps, and that's going to cost us points, and it's going to be a lot of negative plays, especially for a team that prides itself on special teams. So he's got to have a big impact, uh, just to not, you know. If basically his impact is not having a very negative impact is what I'm trying to say. I think it's a good point. I mean, the Wolfpack has been together since, uh, gosh, how many years was that? 10 years? Um, since, I think uh, so. Since 2012, 2012, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they've been together for that long and they just have silently worked in great uh, efficiency and just precision, right? Like that group has been top notch in the NFL. And we take one of those pieces out and we're just hoping that it kind of remains a quiet transition. And, you know, he's wearing the same number 
if uh, the casual fan doesn't even notice that Cox is gone, that'd be great. <laughs> that is the the best way to put it. Um, exactly. As someone who's not paying attention to all the roster moves and who doesn't even know who Morgan Cox is, can't tell that there's a difference in the special teams. That's yes. <laughs> that's a success. <laughs> well, that's all we had in our list. Did we miss anything, guys? Make sure to write to us. You can find us on Twitter at Ravens underscore recap. And our email is feedback at ravensrecap.com. During this time of year, it's probably a good time for new listeners to get onto the show. Um, And one great way for them to find the show is by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a bump. Give us a five star. We got a four star recently, which as I'm I'm flattered by, (laughs) it's usually just five or or buzz, guys. You broke our perfect record. If if you're listening to this, you know, send us an email. Why, what do we need to do to get that that uh, fifth star from you? You know. Yeah, I want to. I want to get that extra star. It we'll helps, go above and beyond. It helps all four of us. You know. You know. We get to know how to make the show better, and you get a better product because you get what what you what you feel like you're lacking. So, what do you? You guys, if you're not Rush fans, you won't get that reference. But uh, we don't <laughs> Anyways, we'll catch you on the next episode. We're about to get out of the dog days of summer when it comes to football content. No worries. Uh, preseason's almost here. And uh, we're excited about it, too. But definitely uh, excited for the season and hoping for the best from all these players. <laughs>